we have grieved you, if we have quenched you in any way, Holy Spirit, we are sorry. We repent right now in the name of Jesus. God, we do not want to hinder the move of God in this place. So I bind every mind-boggling spirit in this place. I bind every spirit of despondency. I bind every weary spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of witchcraft. I break your powers right now in the name of Jesus. God, I loose on today that you give power to the faint and to them that have no might. God, you increase strength on today. I bind confusion in the atmosphere and I loose your peace right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that as I open my mouth to teach your people, you have already filled it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, for illumination and revelation through this word on today. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to receive, God, the right now ream of word that you have for your people, God. And I thank you that the word will become fire on today and devour everything that's going on around us. It will become a hammer to break the rocks into pieces. Father, we thank you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I glorify you for that in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus covering us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel, the first chapter. I believe God has a word for his people. Amen. And we want to open our hearts to receive what God has. 1 Samuel, the first chapter, and I'm going to begin at verse 5, and I will be ending at verse 13. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkaniah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after that, after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, And remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. I want to talk about today controlled by thoughts, controlled by thoughts. 
I believe God is bringing this word in the house because I believe some of us don't realize our thoughts can control us, whether good or whether bad. Control, when something controls you, it takes over. That means that you're doing even what you're thinking. It could be a relationship where you have a man controlling a woman or a woman controlling that man. That means he or she is doing what that person wants them to do. And God said what's happening in the body of Christ, we're allowing thoughts to control us. And as long as you allow thoughts to control you, you're not being led by the Spirit of God. And when you're not being led by the Spirit of God, you cannot do what God would have for you to do. So we want to tear down these thoughts, and God is going to teach you today on how to tear down these thoughts. You cannot let these thoughts linger. We went over last Sunday, Faith Has a Voice, and at the end of the teaching, I talked about what we have to do to make our faith active. This teacher is going to um, help you to understand why, too, your faith is not active. We know that faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. And you got to keep hearing and keep hearing and keep hearing until that word um, is on the inside of you. And when that word is rooted deep on the inside of you, that's what's going to come out of you. Why? Because that's what you come to believe. Everybody in here can change their way of thinking. But the problem is when you think a certain way for so long, you think that's how you're supposed to live because the way you think determines how you live. We went over that um, several months ago in a teaching. The way you think determines how you live. Some people think that their thinking is okay because they say, I've been getting along with it for so long and I've been doing good, so it's okay. But when you look in the book of Samuel and you see this woman, Hannah, It was something that Hannah wanted so bad. It was a man's child. She didn't have children. Um, Her husband, he had two wives, and the, the other wife, she had children. But it says that the husband gave Hannah a double portion when he would give something to Hannah because he loved Hannah. But Hannah was not still satisfied. How many of y'all in here, when you want something so deeply, when something is going on in your life, it may be with you, it may be with your husband, your wife, your children, it may be on your job, but when you want something so bad and the enemy know what you want so bad, that's the area that the enemy is going to provoke you in. So this adversary, which was Elkanah's other wife, Panana, she began to provoke her. Provoke means she began to irritate her. Some of us, I believe, in this place right now is being irritated by something or someone. And the enemy know what your weakest area is. And he have to use someone to provoke you in that area to make your thinking contrary from the word of God. So this is what the enemy did to Hannah. Year after year, the enemy provoked her because her womb was shut up and she could not have children. Can you imagine year after year? Some of us are in this right now. We're still being provoked by some things. We're still being controlled by those things because the enemy is going to constantly remind you of what you not, what you don't have, what you should have. You ain't going to be nobody. You'll never be nobody. You know, your sister or your brother got more than what you have. You'll never get well. You'll never prosper. And that's in your thoughts. And when you start thinking a thing, your body start reacting to what you're thinking. I ain't seen nobody in this place that have thought negative thoughts and the body ain't reacting to those negative thoughts. The enemy know if I can get in your thoughts, I can get you. 
So this is what he was doing to Hannah. But year after year, the enemy came and provoked her. It was so bad that Hannah would not eat. And I believe it's some people in this place right now that is something that's, that's bothering you to the point that's all you think about. You can't eat, you can't sleep, you're not at peace, you're still quoting scriptures, but it seemed like it's just not working because it seemed like things have just not, cha- have not changed in your life. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. We have to understand that we can't give up on what God has spoken or what God has said. So what the enemy want to do, he want to take that seed that you have planted and he wants you to dig up that seed. And as I'm talking, I can see in the spirit, the seed is the word of God and how you are planting that word in your heart. But as soon as a circumstance comes to make you feel as if that word ain't working, you digging that word back up and you're saying, God, why haven't you healed me? God, why haven't you prospered me? God, why am I still alone? God, why do I still feel like I'm losing my mind? God, I'm quoting scriptures. I'm doing all I can do, but things have not yet changed in my life. Why don't my husband love me? Why don't my wife love me? Why don't my children love me? The enemy's going to put something before you to make you think opposite to the word of God. And your thoughts begin to control you because it controls how you feel. It controls what you say. It controls how you react. And the enemy know that if I can put things in front of you to bring negative unto you and you focus on those things, that's how you're going to be reacting according to those things. When things happen good in in our lives, we have a joyful reaction. Seem like we change in the midst of people. Amen. This like I'm saying about money. When you don't have money, people look sick. They look like they have just died and look like somebody just dug them up out the grave because their bank account looks kind of shabby and enough in there to even get a dollar tea. So you look like you just tore up from the flow up. And then as somebody, soon as somebody come up to you and lay some money in your hand and you look at the money, all 32 is showing, you look like I have risen until the hundred dollars is gone. Then you take in the same thought again. I don't have nothing, never have nothing. What's the point of me working? Can't do this and can't do that. That's how the enemy wants you to think. Why? Because he wants you to go to other things to depend on outside of God. This is what he does. So here with Hannah, can you imagine she's around a woman that has children? They're married to the same man and she has no children. So every day she has to look at these children playing around her. She has to look at this woman that has, she has no children. Think about the thoughts that is coming to her mind. I have no children. What good am I to this man? Why would this man want me with no children? Come on, she was taking thoughts. Those thoughts were controlling her, but check this out. One thing that I learned about Hannah The Bible say year after year, year after year, she was provoked. Like I said, it's some of us in here right now that's being provoked by a thought year after year. Once the enemy get that thought planted and it takes root, he done done his job. He can go on. 
He don't have to stay there because if you don't uproot what you've been meditating on and thinking, then it's going to control you day by day. Some people try to work off their thinking. What do I mean? They try to be busybodies. They try to, all day long, they try to find something to do to keep from thinking about what they don't want to think about. They may be so talkative all the time. Talk, 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 because they're afraid of what will come for. So Hannah, what she did, and one thing I like about Hannah, even though Hannah, she lost her appetite, this is what thoughts will have you to do. It will, thoughts will have you losing your appetite. No matter what situation it may be, no matter what circumstance it may be, the more you think about that thing, sometimes you become sick on the stomach, sometimes you get headaches, sometimes your body begins to ache. Everybody may have different symptoms, but it's coming from a thought. I want you to know today your body reacts to how you think. Your body reacts to how you think. When you feel like you never have no one in your life and you see seeing everybody with the mate, if you focus on not having anybody, you'll be down and out. You be, will be become depressed. And the more you think on that, you begin to get a mental picture on what you're thinking. When you get a mental picture on what you're thinking, that's what you're becoming. And the enemy knows that. The word of God says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. The more you think sick, you become sick. The more you think about you're the healed of the Lord, it overpowers what the body want to do. See, this is where we mess up at. We try to uh, use different remedies and things to get rid of how we feel. But you got to deal to the, with the root of why you feeling the way you feeling. And the reason why you feeling that way is because you took a thought. When you take a thought and you don't get rid of that thought, that thought becomes a stronghold in your life. So you're subject to that stronghold. And no matter what you're doing, that stronghold always pop up in your life. So I'm going to ask you today, what are you subject to? What thought is controlling your life even right now? Sometimes dealing with marriages. Sometimes we can have um, things going on in our marriage and we get through those things that go on in our marriage. You know, we, we forgive and try to forget. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We forgive and try to forget. But then later on, when we don't deal with the thought that come from what we were going through, it pops up again in another conversation when the man or woman do something else. We pull it down from out of that treasure. We pull it up and we begin to have a picture frame of everything they didn't do and everything they should have done. And then it outweighs the good that they did, right? You begin to remember Everything that they've done, but you're smiling until they do something else, and then you bring up what they've done 10, 15 years ago because you allowing that thought to control your life. But being who we are now that we're in Christ, we shouldn't bring up the past. We should get past the past and press towards the high calling of Christ Jesus. But this is what we do. How about if you and your husband have a conversation and that conversation end up being a battle and you have to go to work 
And you go to work and you sitting there at the desk trying to work, women, and you you doing your work because you used to doing your work with your eyes closed. But that thought of what he said is still coming to your mind. And you so bothered by that thought, you begin to not want to work anymore and say, I need to take the day off. So you take the day off and you can't wait till that man come home to finish what you left at the house. Come on. We all been there. Because you let that thought ride you the most of the day and you and the enemy is bringing more things behind it because you didn't cast it down. He meant what he said and he said what he meant. He, he said it now. That's exactly what he said. And then you sit there and think about it and say, is that really what he said or is that what I come to believe? Then the thought, of, no, that's what he said. I believe that's exactly what he said. So you get madder and madder and madder. So you get home. And you tell them, we got to finish this conversation. These are thoughts controlling your life. These thoughts already got you angry, got you upset. You ain't even ready to reason. You're not ready to hear. Some of us act like we're ready to hear the person out. But deep down inside, there's a roaring lion in you. I want to hear you out, you know. I'm learning if I got all against my bro- Quit playing. I'm learning if I got all against my brother, I go to my brother. So I'm going to do what Apostle Amanda say. I'm coming to you. But it's a roaring lion still in you. You want to be obedient, but yet you disobedient because that thought is still controlling you. But your mouth is saying something else. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So you're ready to hear what they got to say. So when you say, okay, tell me what you meant by what you said. And then they say, I didn't mean what you thought I said. This is what I said. Now you're looking like a fool. Ooh, it's so quiet in here. Because you let that thought control you. And now they're saying, that's not what I said. That's, this is what I was saying. You went all day. Couldn't eat. Couldn't think, couldn't work, and had to use part of your vacation to take off. Oh, my goodness. Look what the enemy done stole from you. Through that one thought. That thought led to other thoughts because you come to your only, your conclusion. You didn't, you didn't sit there and say, oh, I don't receive that. I cast that down in the name of Jesus. That's what the enemy does. And when you come to your only conclusion, you believe what you choose to believe. I don't know about y'all, but you get mental pictures. You start forming images in your mind based on what you're thinking. It's deep then. That shows you that there is a stronghold there that was already there, but the thought that came brought up that stronghold. Because there's no way you're going to start getting that many mental pictures off of that one thing that just happened. So we need to quit allowing thoughts to control our lives. And the thing that we do is we bring other people in on our thoughts. We done thought about it so long. We, we the judge, we the jury, and we the attorney. We done figured out the whole case even before we stood in front of a person. Oh, we buying defense right now in the name of Jesus. God is bringing us to the body of Christ. I'm telling you, God has a way of doing things. And sometimes it's past our understanding. And when God brings something to the body of Christ, he bring it to the body of Christ. First of all, I have to see me. 
Before I can bring something to you, God gives it to me, and I have to do a self-examination of me, myself, and I. So the Lord is showing me, don't let thoughts control you. I have been in situations where thoughts have controlled me. But I had to come back to who I am in him. And that's what we have to do when we have a thought that's overbearing and it keeps coming and coming and coming and it keeps hitting us and hitting us and hitting us and you're not doing anything about it. You are controlled by that thought because your actions, the things that you do is coming from that thought. So we see that Hannah, one thing that Hannah did was even though she was provoked, she still went to the house of worship. She still went before God. And that's what we got to understand. Even when we're being provoked, even when things are happening in our lives, we still should go to God. We still should go to him. We go to him. We go to his word. And that's what Hannah did. Personally, me, myself, and I, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this um, so I can cut the ice. Because some people say, you know, she's always trying to talk about me. See, the devil done gave you a thought. Evidently, you're doing something you ain't got no business, and it was already there. So now it's coming out through this message. Quit taking thought. You better open up your heart and receive what God is telling you. I remember I told you a while back, me and my husband was on our way to Alltel. Anybody remember Alltel? I believe Alltel was good, and then they cut Alltel out. That thing hurt me. What about you? Anyway, we had a relationship with Alltel. I can walk in all tail and get what I want and just go on back out. Now it's totally different. Anyway, my husband, we pulled up and um, he had asked me something. I had heard something that was going on in his family. And I asked him, well, why didn't you tell me what was going on? He said, because I know how you are. Woo, it's like stabbing me in the heart. I sat there in that car and, and I took a thought. I said, surely I have changed. I said, surely I know I have changed. My husband don't see the change in me. I said, Lord, it hurt me so bad it had tears in my eyes. How many of y'all know when you know you have made a change? But if your mate don't see the change, then you're feeling like I haven't really made a change because I'm staying with this man. So the enemy was giving me thought after thought. And finally, when, when I calmed myself down, I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask him what he meant by what he said see the holy spirit is always there to comfort you only thing you got to do is call on him but see i had to be the one to say holy spirit i need your help i'm not feeling good right now you're gonna have to help me and then the holy spirit answered he said asked him what he meant so when he got back in the car when i asked him what he meant He said, what I was saying was, I didn't bother to ask you because I know how you are now and where you stand, and I didn't want to put you in the midst of it. Come on, y'all. God is good. So I had to deal with that before it dealt with me, and I got an attitude with this man. The enemy want to break up homes, and we're allowing him to do it through taking thoughts that are not of God. You can take so many thoughts, and these thoughts come through your five senses. They come through what you hear. They come through what you see. They come through what you smell. They come through what you taste. And they come through what you touch. And I'm going to prove that to you. Hannah heard, did she not? She heard this adversary provoking her. And can you um, be in Hannah's position now, women, where the adversary is saying, nah, 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 you can't have kids. Look at mine. So, of course, once she heard that, she's going to take a thought. 
But you got to know what to do with what's coming at you. You don't let it go. So what she did, she kept going to the house of worship. She kept worshiping God, and that's what we have to do. So remember I say it comes through your what? Hearing. It comes through your five senses. What you hear, you take a thought. What you see, you take a thought. What you smell, yes, you take a thought. What you taste, yes, you take a thought. What you touch, men and women, you take a thought. Uh Uh-oh, we're going to go somewhere up in here. See, that's how I know we are controlled by our thoughts. The enemy know if I can use your five senses to get you to take a thought, then he said, I got you. The thought may come, but you don't take it. Because if it's outside of what the words say, you don't take it. We got too many Christians taking thoughts that are not of God, and we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and let us know, no, that's not of me. But we take it. You know why? Because we're full of something. We're full of something. I don't know about you. I'm just going to use me because I ain't ashamed of me. Glory be to God. I don't mind talking about me because I know where I am in him. If I get it wrong, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to get it right. Why? Because we all fall short. But when we fall short, we wipe ourselves off and we get up and we go again and don't go back in the same direction. I'm going to tell you how thoughts get you. Down in our neighborhood, and I told y'all this, I'll stand in the kitchen, and I can see pretty good out that window, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now, I can see pretty good out that window. So I'm sitting there, and I'm washing dishes, and I look, and it's nighttime, and I see a car down there at the far end of the road. Oh, here come the enemy. Them could be killers ready to shoot up, ready to shoot up, starting at the end and working their way back to the front. So I'm sitting there peeping y'all and looking and not moving. I say, I want to see the first one to get out the car. So if I see the first one get out the car and know what they got, I know what's going on. Already had my plan, my plot, my everything. So next thing, nobody was getting out the car. I said, this is deep. (laughs) Already took a thought. Already was trying to see something come up. So I called my husband. I say, look, there's a car down there at the end of that road. Guess what? Taking all that thought, getting all upset, it wasn't nothing to it. But see, the enemy wanted to bring what? Fear. So if I had not have gotten myself together to realize, oh, those people just down there at the end of the road, they ain't doing nothing down there at the end of the road, then I would, it would have been worse. I probably would have called 911 and said, hey, we got somebody down there at the end of that road doing something they're supposed to be doing. See, when you take a thought, You are captured by those thoughts. Those thoughts begin to control you. And that's what the enemy wants. If he can get control over you, how do he do it? He can't do it with your spirit because your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. He can do it through your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. He can capture you right there in your soul. So this is why we can't watch everything. We can't be looking at everything, touching everything, touching, tasting everything, because you begin to take thought. I'm going to give you another example that just recently happened yesterday. And God has a way when you bring in a message. Y'all, my daddy called me maybe a month ago, and daddy told me, he said, they got something going on with oysters. Don't eat no oysters and tell people don't eat the oysters. I said, okay, y'all, I love me some fried oysters. Man, my mouth be watering for them fried oysters. So I said, okay, Dad. He said, I'm telling you, don't you eat them oysters. I said, okay, Dad, I ain't going to eat no oysters. 
So yesterday, I wanted some oysters. So I said, let me call my daddy and see if he heard anything else about the oysters. Now, I believe what the word of God said. You should not eat any deadly thing, right? Or drink any deadly thing, and it will not harm you. But if I know it's deadly, I'm not drinking it, okay? So I called my daddy, and I said, Daddy, what you hear about them oysters again? He, he was telling me. I said, well, I'm going to get me some oysters today. He said, well, you do what you want. I'm just telling you what I heard. You do what you want because I feel like you want to eat them oysters anyway. Sure, you're right. True that, as Brother Willie say. So I sat there in the car, y'all, and my mind was playing tricks on me. You eat them oysters, you might be dead before tomorrow. You won't be able to bring the sermon you're going to bring if you go get them oysters. So I sat there and sat there. The thought kept coming and coming and coming. Finally, I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Holy Spirit, you know I want some oysters. You know I'm crying out for them oysters. Can I eat them oysters, Holy Spirit? I heard a small, still voice saying, eat the oysters. They will not hurt you. Oh, glory. I picked up that phone and said, give me some catfish and order them oysters. I sure did. And they were so good, y'all. What am I telling you? I had to get control of what I was thinking. Because if I ate them and still didn't have control, I'd be, oh, Jesus. Because my body would have reacted to something that was not real. Your body reacts to the way you think. But you got to take thought to what you're thinking. Now, this is what some people say. Don't eat certain people food because they're working witchcraft. (laughs) Because the last time I ate it, it almost killed me. (laughs) You better hear the Holy Ghost. Because we all eat in restaurants and don't know who's back there stirring in the pot. You don't know what you eat. You don't know where it's coming from. Only thing you know, you hungry and you eat what's set before you. But I don't know about you, but I know before I get my food and before I pick up the fork, I'm blessing it. Because what I don't know. Ain't going to harm me. You know why? Because I ain't thinking about it. When you begin to think on a thing, that's when your body began to react to what you're thinking on. I'll give you an example. Y'all remember Paul in the Bible when he was picking up some sticks. And as he was picking up those sticks, he got bit by a serpent. Paul shook off the serpent, went about his business, didn't even think about it. But the people who saw Paul, they were like, he about to die. He's going to die any minute. Paul didn't think about dying because he already had a word from the Lord. He didn't think about how he got bit. And when they saw that this man didn't die, they said he was a God from somewhere. But God began to move in the midst of those unbelievers. What am I telling you? When your focus is on him, the enemy don't want us to be focused on him. He wants us to be focused on things that we should not be focused on. Y'all, this is why we have strife in the body of Christ. Because everybody have their own opinion about different things. I don't know about you. Sometimes, I'll, I'll put it this way. You can see a person on Monday. They're laughing with you. They're talking with you. Everything is good. You see them on Tuesday, and they're just down and out. You know, you're talking to them to act like they, that you're not even in the room. The first thing you do is take a thought and say, they're mad at me. What did I ever do to them? 
Why, how did I make them upset? Well, if they don't want to talk to me, I don't have to talk to them. Then you go tell somebody else, I ain't done nothing to them, and they mad at me. What, what, what you think is going on with them? They saying something to you? You done took a thought. Then later on, you find out that somebody tell, tell you that they're going through in their body. And then you looking like a fool. Because you took a thought because they were laughing with you on Monday, not Tuesday. They ain't saying nothing to you. Now they got a problem with you. Controlled by your thoughts. We base our life on opinions. We base it on how we feel. Come on, y'all. From the pulpit on down to you guys. That's how we base our life. If people don't treat you right, you feel like that's the worst person in the world. You need to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Show me what need to be shown. Hannah, she did what she needed to do. What did she do? She still went to the Lord. She still worshiped God. Even in the midst of her anguish, even in the midst of her being provoked, she knew that she had to get to the word of God. And that's where we have to be in the word and allowing the word to get in us. You can be in it, but if it's not getting in you, it's like you ain't been in it. And some people think they can live without this word. The enemy got you thinking you can be a five-minute Christian and you'll be okay. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You can't keep going in the word five minutes and thinking that you're going to receive something from God. You can't pick up the word when you feel like it. See, that's another thought that got you. You're controlled by, if I read one verse of scripture, then I'm okay. No, it takes more than one verse of scripture. You got to know that one verse of scripture to be okay. You can't just read it. I'll give you an example. When Moses sent them to search out the land, they searched out the land. They saw what Moses was saying, but they still say we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. They look like giants and we look like grasshoppers. But what did God show them? He showed them a land of plenty. But what did they take thought to? What they saw. So that your thoughts um, are controlled by your five senses. Anything that you can touch, you're going to start thinking about what you touch. The enemy know, y'all. So he used those five senses to get you in a place so you can't hear from God. So these things will begin to overtake you and then you get stuck in that place. God showed me again in the Bible. I'll give you another one. Y'all remember Job, right? Job was upright in the eyes of God. He was righteous. He avoided evil. That means that he was not going to be around evil. Isn't that something? When, when he um, saw evil, he avoided it. How many of us avoid evil like, like Job? Some of us want to be in the midst of it to see what's going on before we avoid it, right? Then after we get caught in it and realize, okay, this was not for me, then we're ready to repent. But the Bible said he avoided it. But this is what he was doing. He had seven sons and three daughters. And on their birthdays, hey, they were partying, they were drinking, they were doing anything they wanted to do, I guess. But Job was not there with them. So what Job did, he offered sacrifices for them just in case they have sinned. Now, Job didn't know if they had sinned, but Job was so upright, so perfect, avoided um, evil that he was making sure that his children was right with God. And it said that Job done this 
continually. And what Job was doing, he was thinking while those birthdays were going on, he probably was sitting at home and say, they probably drinking, they probably doing something outside of God's will. So I'm just going to go ahead and do a sacrifice. He will call them right after. They had those birthdays and he would do a sacrificial offering for his children. The Bible say he done this continually. That means that was his practice, his way of doing. When the Lord showed me this, Job had to take a thought to do what he done. And by him doing this, he was so afraid that he w- his children were out of the, the place that they needed to be with God. He was taking care of it. This is what God showed me with the body of Christ. Some of us, we quote scriptures in fear. We quote those scriptures because we saying, if I don't quote them, something's going to come at me. You're doing it out of fear. And that's why the Bible said, Job said, the things I greatly feared has come upon me. See, he was upright in the eyes of God and righteous, but the way he was doing it was wrong. And I believe it's some of us in this place that we got rituals that said, if I don't quote this every morning, if I don't read my word every morning, if I don't speak in tongues every morning, if I don't pray like I supposed to, something can creep up in my house. You got a fear of the unknown. You don't know what's coming, so you want to cover yourself before it comes. But I'm here to tell you the blood of Jesus have already covered you. And if you know deep down inside who you are in Christ, you don't have to do rituals every day to get something from God. You already got it. So when your feet hit the floor, the enemy know the warrior is up and it is on. You don't have to sit up here at a certain time and do a certain thing. You just rise up and begin to give God glory for what is already done. And the Holy Spirit will begin to remind you of what you need to pray about. See, Job had such a fear that he was saying, I got to stay in the place with God. I need to be in the place. But guess what? Sin was at the door waiting. The enemy knew how to get Job. And some of us is walking around just like Job. We're having thoughts. Oh, Lord, what if they call me tonight? Oh, Lord, what if this happened? God said, where's your focus? He said, your focus should not be on what if this happened or what if that happened. What did God's word say? He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide up under the shadows of the almighty. I will say unto the Lord. That he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my strong tower. He is my sure defense. You got to say of the Lord. And you only say in what you believe. We getting caught up in rituals. We get caught up when something happened in our lives. We say, oh, I didn't pray long enough. Oh, I didn't fast long enough. Do y'all know things are going to come at you? As long as you here on this earth. The higher you go in God, the more it's going to be sent at you. If it's not going to be sent at you, it's going to be sent at your children, your husband, your wife, your job. Because the enemy said, wait a minute, they're getting too high up there in the spirit. We got to bring them back down to their knees. And he don't know when he bring you back down to your knees, you just getting refueled to go back up higher and higher and higher. The things that you go through is to make you. It's to prepare you. He said, I'm the potter. You're the clay. Let me make you and mold you into the image that I want you to be. 
Some of us don't want to be molded. We don't want to go through anything. But it's not only for you, it's for somebody else. It's somebody else that needs that testimony to say, if he brought her through, I know he'll bring me through. And they'll begin to praise God through what you said, and they still in the storm. Oh, we better understand what the word of God is saying and doing. That's why Habakkuk, when Habakkuk, he said, I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait on him to hear what the Lord has to say. Some of us don't want to wait on him. Some of us get so captured by thoughts that these thoughts have us waiting on more thoughts. Waiting on what's going to happen next. We waiting on it to happen, and that's why it's happening. We're watching it. I'm going to tell you this. When my children was growing up, I remember Jeremy back there, and things were coming, you know, this season, that season, and it's so funny. And you'll watch your kids. They'd be sitting there, you'd be like, just look. Oh, Lord. They start coughing. Oh, Jesus, what is that now? You'll be waiting on something to happen. Or they tell you, you know, um, my, my ear, feel, oh, Jesus, they're going to ache. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do about the earache now? What, I can't stay out of work. You be watching and waiting based on what they do, and you take thought to it, so you waiting on it to happen. And then you don't even know what's happened. Then you'll call somebody and say, what's the symptoms of this? Or you look on the computer. I'm helping somebody to see what the symptoms are. And then you go down, oh, yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. You done took thought to that, and you took it. Anything that you look up, you taking it. You saying it's mine. The enemy said, I done got you now. Because you looking it up, you trying to figure it out. Don't get me wrong. We look stuff up to see what we're dealing with. But once you see what you're dealing with, what you're doing with what you're dealing with. Look it up. But you got to deal with it. But don't let the enemy fool you. He wants you to take a thought so you can be watching these things. What did I say? Go ahead and look it up, but you got to deal with it. I knew a man, and this man would look up things. And when he would look up those things, he had it down to the T. And I said, uh-uh, what did the word say? I understand what the word say, but this is what this right here is saying. I said, but what did the word say? Now, nah, pastor, I understand what the word say, but this right here is saying, I said, you're going to have what you're saying. Sure enough, they had what they say. Oh, I'm so sick. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. But they were quoting the word too. You have what you say, and it comes to what you think. And see, the reason why, y'all, because we were raised to think a certain way. Don't get me wrong. We need knowledge dealing with certain things. But God's knowledge is higher than human knowledge. God's wisdom is higher than human wisdom. So we have to go to God. You can look in books and they can tell you all this and all of that. But at the end of the day, you still got to trust God. You still got to hear what God is saying unto you. We are being controlled by our thoughts. Our thoughts are making us sick. Our thoughts are making us angry. Our thoughts are bringing depression. Our thoughts are bringing um, murders. It's bringing a lot of things. How do you think people commit murder? They had to premeditate it. They had to think about it. It had to come from somewhere. And that's why the Holy Spirit lets you know that every generational curse, 
that has come to, through the bloodline stops here. It don't come nigh me. Because he's giving you the right and the authority that whatever that Jesus have done away with, you don't have to accept it. That's why you got to know what Jesus done. We don't take the time to go into the word of God to know what belongs to us. And we look at other people like they're crazy when they tell you what the word is saying. They said, I understand what the word is saying, but this doctor is telling me if I don't do this, I'm going to die. What do you want to do? Live or die? So we got our thoughts so focused on what man is saying is outriding what's already been written. Well, let me see what they have to say. But this is the funniest thing, y'all. When they tell you, when you go see what they got to say, and when they say they can't help you, well, God, what you got to say? After they tell you, we done tried everything, done give you every medication we can, ain't nothing else we can do. Now we want to get spiritual. Now we want to snot all over the place. Now we want to cry out to God. Now we want to show up in church and in Clem school. Now we want to go to every prophet and teacher that's in town because man can't fix it. Controlled by thoughts. And God don't want us controlled by our thoughts. He wants us controlled by what the words say. And if the word says it, that is the final authority. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, this is no game. You can say stuff with your mouth, but your heart is far from what you're saying because you have already built up within what you believe, but you're speaking something to people to make people think you're on the right track, and you know you ain't on the right track. On the inside, you're crying out. But we got to get ourselves in a place that this is what God said and this is what he meant and God ain't changing what he said and I'm just delivering what God said. That's the place we got to get. So Hannah, Hannah cried out to God. And I love what Hannah done, y'all. When she was crying out to God, we know that she did not eat. And it could be the, the place where she was fasting. Well, she was missing her food. But, you know, normally in the Bible, they say when they fast, it's in sackcloth and ashes. But when she got to the temple, she began to talk to the Lord. And as she began to talk to the Lord and make a vow unto the Lord, the Bible says that she cried out from within. Sometimes we can be in so much anguish that we can't even speak words. Have you ever been there? You can't say anything, but thank God that he knows your heart. He hears your heart. So Hannah was speaking, but her voice wasn't heard, but her lips was moving. And the part I want you to see is how I know we're controlled by thoughts. Eli looked at Hannah. When he looked at Hannah, he saw her lips moving. He came to his own conclusion. She's drunk. Don't we come to our own conclusion? You see somebody, they in the car, and they, she crazy. Something is going on. Let me just go past her because she crazy. But she was talking to the Lord within with not any words being said. And Eli said she is drunk for sure. But then when he began to talk to Hannah and tell her to come out of her drunken state, 
Hannah, this is what I like that Hannah said in verse 12. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. That means he observed her mouth. Couldn't he read and know from her lips the words she was saying? No, he already formed his opinion. And it said, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she has been drunken. And guess what he said? See, your words have power, right? Eli said unto her, how long would thou be drunken? <laughs> Put away that wine from thee. Duh, if she's drunk, you trying to say she hiding some and she's going to continue to drink? So this is what Hannah said, and I love this. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. How many of us, when we're being provoked and we can't even voice, have a voice to speak, but within we're pouring out our soul. When you're pouring out your soul, that's within. That's everything that's in you that's been troubling you. Guess who she poured it out to? She poured it out to God. She couldn't pour it out to nobody else because the husband did not understand. How did I know he did not understand? He said, aren't I better than 10 sons? You got me. What you need sons for? He didn't understand her being in that position. So she went to the Lord with how she felt. What am I telling you? When you being provoked, when your thoughts are getting, getting overwhelmed and you believe in God, but you go into God and say, God, I believe you, but help my unbelief. And you go into God and you can only move your lips because your voice ain't being heard. But she poured out unto God how she felt from deep within. And guess what? God heard her. God heard what was going on with her deep within. She went to God. She didn't pour out herself to nobody else but God. Because it's a lot of people that may not understand how you're feeling or what you're going through. I'm talking about Christian folk. Because these days and time, Christian folks about me, myself, and I. I'm already going through in my house. Don't bring your stuff to my house. But when you're in a place with God, even when you're going through, and God needs you on an assignment. You know who you are now that you in him. And you still go help somebody else. Outside of how you feel. You don't give up and die, y'all. You get up and you begin to rejoice and say, God, what assignment do you have for me today? It's somebody that needs your word. Because I know you got me. But it's somebody that don't know you the way I know you. You can control those thoughts. That's having faith in God because I believe some of you now is going through some difficult situations. And those thoughts be trying to overwhelm you. But you're still giving him glory. You're still giving him praise and say, God, outside of how I feel, God, I thank you that you are my strengthener. You are my present help in the time of trouble. And God, I'm not giving up on you because you haven't given up on me. God, this is what you said. So Hannah was in that place. She said, I'm pouring out my heart. I'm pouring out my soul before God. And God did not forget Hannah. Then God began to show me when we deal with David, David and Bathsheba. David was king.
in 2 Kings, Second Samuel, the 11th chapter, he was a king and he supposed to went to battle. But David didn't go to battle that day. What did David do? He went out there on his little rooftop. And he looked, y'all. The Bible says that David looked, and I got to read this part. It said, and it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw, I want y'all to get it. We're dealing with the senses, right? He saw a woman washing herself. Now, when he saw that woman washing herself, why ain't it his turn? When he saw the woman washing herself, she had to be naked. Why didn't he just turn? Men asked your neighbor, why didn't he just turn? The Bible says, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. So he probably was like a dead headlight. Come here, come here, come here. He already took a thought. Come here, come here. Come here, come here. Come here. That's what he was doing. Come here. Come here. So he took a thought. How did I know he took a thought? The Bible said, and David sent and inquired after the woman. Why would he inquire after the woman if he didn't take a thought that he already had her? They told them, David, who she belonged to. In verse 4, and David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he laid with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned into a house. Next thing we know, the woman pregnant. That was quick, fast, and her, wasn't it? But what am I saying to you? Control by thought, men. I don't care how saved you are, men. You're going to know how saved you are with a naked woman standing in front of you because something's going to rise. God created you as a human. I'm, I'm talking truth here. And if you do like David and you still looking, you're going to lay with her too. Oh, it's quiet up in here. That thought came by what he saw. He saw that it's not like he didn't have enough of them. Amen. But he wanted some more. So he just looked at Bathsheba and looked at Bathsheba and then tried to be slick by saying, well, let me see uh, who she is. He didn't care who she was. He knew what he wanted. Come on, men. You don't care who a woman belonged to. You don't care if she married, if she's single, if she whatever. When you want something and you're taking thought to it, you're going to take it even before you lay with it. He already took her before he laid with her because he was gazing at her. That's what happens. So he took that thought based on what he what? Saw. Then he went after what he saw, but he already had her. He was controlled by what? That thought. Now check this out with David. So it went on and on. Once you conceive it, you already sin. So this is what David did. After he laid with her, she became pregnant. I got to fix that now. Then took another thought. All those thoughts represent sin. Men, you try to fix what you done done. It's too late. You done done it. You done laid in it. You might as well fess up. Why are you letting it get all the way out there? So what did David do? I got to fix this. Let me set up the husband. So he sought up the husband. He said, come on, I'm going to send you home to your wife. You know what David was doing? There was manipulation there. There was deception there. 
He was saying, I'm going to send you home with your wife. You don't have to go out to battle. But this man was so faithful unto the king. He didn't want to leave the king's side. And what did he do? He slept right there. So the king tried it again, but he would not do it because he felt like he needed to be where the other people were. So what did David do? He then he said, okay, he ain't falling for none of this. Kill him. Put him on the front line. Because see, David had to look good, y'all. He had, had to look like this ain't my fault. How many marriages now are messed up because a man and a woman say it wasn't my fault. It was your fault. A minute and quit it. Don't keep lying trying to back up something you know what you've done. Come on, y'all. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Because if you keep lying, you're getting into another sin. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Yeah, I laid with the woman. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it, but I done done it. Now, women, what you say is you done done what you done. I ain't in a place to forgive you. Get out. That's true. Because if you're not in that place, why stay in that place with a man or woman and live miserably? Deal with it because your thoughts are going to control you. And next thing you know, you're going to try to kill that man or that woman while they sleep. You're going to do the same thing that David did. Come on, y'all can laugh all y'all want. This is for real. You can tell that man, yeah, I forgive you, baby. Baby, you know I love you. Yeah, I know you love me, baby. Then when you're in the bed at night, you're seeing vivid pictures of him with somebody else. And you're waking up saying, how much you love me, boy? No, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You're controlled by your thoughts. You thought that you could handle this. You think you're so super saved, you can handle it. But when it hits your house, you're going to know if Jesus is in there. You're going to know if Jesus is in there or Beelzebub in there. Everything that you've been suppressing is going to come out, and that man going to think he married an ex-murderer. Come on, somebody got to tell you the truth right up here in church. Don't let no people fool you. Yes, you need counsel. But in the midst of that counsel, you don't whoop his tail. He don't whoop your tail. You don't drain the bank account. You don't did everything you could do. And ain't nothing left for you to do but accept him or not. And then got a title. Then you get an ordained on a Sunday. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you. I deserve everything you're giving me, Lord. I done been through hell and back. And I just give you glory, God. Hallelujah. I accept my call. And then you go home and you're ready to whip him again. Because you're still controlled by something you haven't dealt with. Some people say, well, I love him. No, you're going to hate him first. Truth be told. You're going to find out just how much you really have the love of God because you can't love that man nor that woman. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to love. See, this is, the Bible is here for you to go into to see what happened. So when it comes in your life, you don't be a David. See, David tried to cover it up, but he was controlled by his thinking, his way of doing. And David could have cut it off by turning away from it. He knew what the word said. But David, flesh overrode what the word was saying unto him. How many of us do that? How many of us? Because when you're hurt, you're trying to get over your hurt. 
and you think whooping somebody or taking everything they got helps you to get over your hurt. But come to reality, women and men, once you wipe them out, you wiped out too. Because you're going back to something, nothing. You shopping, you doing everything, you making that man do stuff that he shouldn't do. That's revenge. We're supposed to be showing the love of God. And I can hear some people say, who does that, apostle? The ones that know Jesus. The ones that know Jesus. We have to deal with that hurt. We have to deal with those thoughts that are coming. We got to be real. Don't try to play it off like you ain't hurt. Yes, I'm hurt. Why are you asking me that? Who wouldn't be hurt? But through the grace of God, I'm here. Do I hurt? Yes, I hurt. Do I think about it? Yes, I think about it. Come on, quit lying to people. Quit lying to yourself. Tell them, yeah, I think about it. When I look at them, I think about killing them. Yes, but through the grace of God, they're still here. Y'all didn't get it, did you? You got to be honest with yourself. See, back during the old times, women would sweep it up under the rug and then the child show up looking like the daddy. Then they'll tell you, there your brother right there. That's how they did in the old days. They sweep, sweep it up under the rug. Act like they didn't know what was going on to keep the rep up. They know what to do. You got a brother over here in Iowa. You got a sister over there in Mississippi. Not one showing up in Bender County. And never knew. How did you find out? You bring them home. Daddy, mama, I want you to meet my fiance. And they pass out and you think they're in the spirit. That's how incest starts because you sweep stuff up under the rug. You don't want to deal with it instead of sitting your children down and letting them know this is what happened in our marriage. This is what occurred in our marriage. These are your siblings. Instead of you having sex with a brother and sister and now they're upset and asking you why, you need to look at them and say, why? You asking me why? Do like David. I was on my roof one night and I looked and I saw a beautiful woman. Didn't know she was my sister. It was too late. People need to quit hiding stuff. Sweeping it up under the rug. You better sit your family down and tell them the truth before it's too late. Because if you don't, you know what happened? You controlled by that. When the, when the person walked by you, y'all, this, God is doing something in this room. Yes, Men, like David, having an affair. David knew it was wrong. Can you imagine men having an affair with other women? And the woman is walking by him and the wife is right there by him. That man needs a knocker. Woman, one on this side, one on the other. And the man trying to get so close to his wife. And the wife said, honey, quit coming up on me like that. Well, baby, you know I love you. And the other woman's sitting there looking at you cross-eyed. And you're trying to change. Well, baby, you know what? We, we, We don't have to go up in here. And them thoughts is coming to you. What that wife, your thoughts is saying, if this woman approach my wife, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you this, this story, and it's a true story. Me and my husband went into a store years ago, and I don't know where he went. 
But we knew this gentleman, and this gentleman had a child, and we saw the scenery. His wife was over here, and the son he had from another woman was over here, and this man's eyes were just as buff as they could be because he didn't know what would happen in the midst of that situation. So you know he was taking every thought, and at the end of the day, he said, I ain't tell my wife because she killed me. All he thought about was the wife killing him. He took thoughts. He was controlled by thoughts and never introduced his child to his wife. And when this man died, the child got introduced to the wife, and the wife loved the child like her very own. She said, I would have never killed him. She said, because I already knew. (laughs) So that man suffered. He went through. On his dying bed, he wanted to make it right. Of course, he was leaving out of here. Why on your dying bed you want to tell truth? You want to make a confession? You get ready to go to hell or heaven so it don't make no difference. We want to confess everything when we think we're going to die. We want to tell the wife everything. You might not be ready to die right then, but you might die sooner than later. So what am I saying? We are controlled by what? Our thoughts. And if you don't get control of those thoughts, those thoughts are going to have control of you. Another incident in the Bible, how about Elijah, a man of God, a prophet, spoke that there was going to be no rain. There was no rain. Spoke again, and there was rain dealing with Elijah. Then what happened? He had to um, kill the, the prophets of Baal. He slew the prophets of Baal. All of a sudden, after he'd done all that for the Lord, and, and Ahab went back and told his wife what Elijah done, Then she sent a message to Elijah. What did he have to do? He heard what she said. After he heard, he saw himself as being one of those prophets, and he ran for his life. Come on, you ain't too super saved that you don't play on Elijah. Come on, don't even try it. You ain't too super saved that when something go on in your life, fear come in and overtake you, and you forget who you are now that you in God. But one thing that happened with that situation, even though he was controlled by his thoughts, God didn't forget him. God began to send him word, and his thing was whining. I'm the only prophet left. Kill me now. Didn't Obadiah tell this man when um, Ahab said, go look for Elijah? Didn't Obadiah tell Elijah, I hid a hundred prophets? Now Elijah, so much in fear, only thing he knows is I'm the only one left. Kill me now. But God knew his heart. He knew he wasn't ready to die. So God began to speak to Elijah. What am I saying to you? You got to get rid of these thoughts that are not in alignment with the word. So let's talk about how to get rid of these thoughts that's not in alignment with the word of God. Y'all ready? God is helping you. I know it's a lot of scripture and a lot of teaching, but I give God glory for it. How about you? Because God is telling you what you need to do. And sometimes we have thoughts that come and come and come. If you have thoughts that keep coming and coming and coming, and it's the same thought, it's a pattern, that's a stronghold. That means that's an area in your life you held in bondage due to your way of thinking. But I want you to understand this, that if that's that area, it's a weak area that the enemy is using because evidently that's an area in your life that God has anointed for his use. If you have an area in your life that you're always thinking about being sick, every time you turn around, you know, sickness is coming upon you and the enemy is putting that before you. He wants you to take thought to that. That is because, guess what? You could have a healing ministry. 
when you have a fear of sickness or anything and the enemy is pouring it on you, then the enemy could be trying to stop your destiny of the area God want to use you in. So this is how we get rid of these things. How many know it takes the word of God? It takes, y'all, the word. I want to say this again. For some reason, Christian folk think they don't need the word. I'm going to say it again. For some reason, Christians think just because I'm saved, I don't need to open the word. I'm going to say it again. Christian folks think I'm saved, I'm missing hell, I don't need to read the Bible. This is your spiritual mirror. The word of God is what quicken you. The word of God is what brings life to you. You cannot live as a spiritual being without your spiritual food. That's why Jesus said, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You got to have this word to make it on a daily basis. If you do not have this word, you will struggle. You will have defeat. And people think, I don't need the word. They think that the world have everything that they need. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word shall remain. That means everything is going to leave. But God said, my word is forever settled in heaven. God said, my covenant will I not break. Nor alter the things that have come out of my lips. He said, my word will not return unto me void or empty, but it will go out and accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. The word is what keeps you. That's why he said to be my disciple, you got to continue in my word. You cannot even be a follower of Christ without having the word of God. Don't wait till you get sick and try to find a scripture on healing because it ain't going to work. You got to live off of this. That's why the psalmist say, quicken me according to your word. Ezekiel 37, what happened when God took him in the spirit? He was in the spirit, but he could not operate through the spirit without the word. He said, don't you see these dry bones? God had to give him the word for the dry bones to come together. God had to tell him what to speak for him to have breath in the body. Y'all, come on. Who told you you don't need this word? You need it every day. You can't miss a day. People get up, going on about their activity, ain't thought about the word, ain't thought about saying thank you, just thinking about getting what you can get. I don't know about you, but when I rise up, the first thing on my mind is, got to get in it. I got to have it. Can't live without it. God, I need to hear what you got to say. So what we got to do to deal with these thoughts, and I'm going to give a, a illustration. I've done this before. Give me three people, please. Three people, please. I'm saying please. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you, Calvin. Y'all just line up right here. Patrick, you stay in the middle. Tyson, you stay down there. Calvin, you right here. Now I want to show y'all something. This is how we get over being controlled by thoughts. The first thing, and I'm going to make this quick, try to anyway. The first thing you got to know is you are a three-part being. You are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. Amen? So you are a three-part being. The spirit is the real you. This is the part of you that got born again. 
This is the part of you where God's spirit resides in the real you. That's, that's the spirit. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Your body is just your body. It's only going to follow what the soul tell it to do. Now understand this. We know that the Bible says, be not conformed. This is the soul. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will know what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. Remember the scripture. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Before I do that, in that first verse, it says that we have to make our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. This is our act of worship, right? So we got to make our body. This is the body. How do we make the body a reasonable sacrifice? By being not conformed to this world, but being ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's when we'll know what the good and acceptable will of God is. When we know this, the body can do what? Be a living sacrifice. When we know this, the body can be a living sacrifice. But then the Bible tells us in that third verse that he has given all of us the measure of faith, right? The measure come from the spirit. Now that the soul know that he has the measure of faith that is not based on him, but it's based on what the spirit has given him, he's operating according to the spirit. And as he do, the body is being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, because the soul is tapping in to what the spirit already has. If he don't tap in, the body's going to live like it's not saved and do what it always do. So let's say Patrick one day, he said, I just don't feel right. And he keeps saying, I just don't feel right. All of a sudden, the body becomes sluggish, don't feel right, want to lay down, don't want to do nothing, just go ahead and give up. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, which is full of the word of God, began to remind Patrick, let the weak say that they're strong let the sick say that they're well how did that pop up because Patrick been renewing his mind transforming his way of thinking according to the spirit and now the spirit is releasing the power to the soul and is radiating to the body and he's doing what he got to do that's how you control your thoughts Let's say the thought keeps coming. You know you weak. You were weak this morning and you're weak now. Then Patrick Well think and said, well, they say if you take some grape juice, that, that, that'll build you back up. I'm going to give me a little sip of that grape juice and I, I believe I'll be all right. So Patrick built up himself to depend on the grape juice. Guess what? If that's what he believed, that's going to give him what he need, he drink the grape juice and all of a sudden he feel a kick. And then the, no, you don't feel the kick. The body feels the kick. The body feels the kick and it's like he just got him a high and saying, I can go on. And then he said, it was the grape juice. Whatever you believe is what you're going to receive. But guess what? The soul 
didn't check with the spirit. The soul believed what the soul wanted to believe, but the spirit is only going to give you the word. Now, the Lord will tell you if you have something natural that he wants you to do. But guess what? Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But let's say that Patrick done that and he's still having the thought saying, now, you know, that grape juice had a lot of sugar in it. And when that sugar wear off you, you're going to be just as weak as you can be. You're going to be stumbling all over the place. So the next thing Patrick going to do is, because he's been in the word of God, the Holy Spirit is reminding Patrick. He says, the weapon of your warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Patrick is hearing his instructions. So Patrick goes, oh, cast that down in the name of Jesus. That's not what the word of God said. The word of God said that I am the healed of the Lord. The word of God said that I am strengthened because he gives power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increased strength. So, Lord, I thank you that I am strengthened. And guess what? That body is receiving the strength. Why? Because the spirit is radiating what he's speaking. Y'all, guess what? We are spiritual beings. He could not leave us here on earth without the power of God. Everything you need, everywhere you go, you pull out from the spirit. But the only way you can pull out is you got to check in in front of that spiritual mirror on an everyday basis to know who you are and to know your benefits and what you have in order to say, wait a minute, I got benefits. So I'm pulling out of what I have. But if you don't know what you have, you're going to live like you ain't got nothing. And you're going to talk like you ain't got nothing. But when you live out of your spirit, you can have what the word of God tell you that you can have. We are spiritual beings. We don't go on seen. We go on unseen. When God created the world, God created it by the unseen. He was pulling from the unseen. He said, I'm bringing it into the same. We have to understand that the worlds were framed by faith. And when we understand that God believed in what he said and he spoke what he said and the Holy Spirit released the power based on what he said. So it's time for us to tap in to what the word of God say outside of how we feel. Are you denying how you feel? No, I'll be a liar if I deny it. But I don't have to receive how I'm feeling. Yes, my body feels this way. But I don't receive how my body feeling. Because I don't go on feeling. I don't go on the five senses. I go on what the Spirit says about me. The Spirit say, I am healed. The Spirit say, I am delivered. The Spirit say, I have the victory. The Spirit say, I have what I say. The Spirit say, speak to the mountain. And the mountain shall be moved. And if I believe, I receive what I have said because I don't doubt in my heart. Quit denying what you see. What you see is fact, but you speak in truth. You going on who you are now that you are in him. And if you don't know who you are, you're going to live naturally. And I believe church, we're living naturally. Some of us, the Bible said the just. 
shall live by faith. You know what? One thing that makes me spiritually angry when I'm telling a Christian what the word says and they say, no, 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 no. I can't believe that right there. I got to do this. Okay, you go do what you got to do then. I'm telling you what God said. They don't know God. Because if I'm giving you a report from the Lord, whom report are you going to believe? You know why you don't believe it? Because you ain't in it. Because soon as the word is spoken, soon as Patrick begin to speak the word and renewing his mind, the spirit is leaping. Because the spirit said, oh, you're speaking my language. And all of a sudden, that body down there starts, woo, glory. Because you're speaking God's kind of language. You're speaking the language of faith. When you see people just sitting there and the word is going forth, they even sleep. Or they don't care. But when I hear the word of God going forth and that's where I've been, whoo, that middle part of me is just jumping and it's just leaping. I'm saying, thank you, Lord, you're speaking my language. I love hearing a good word from the Lord. My husband know how I am when a good word, if I'm hearing a good word and they talk and I say, shut up. Is that true, honey? Will you shut up? I see. This is the funny part, y'all. One day, Brother Willie, I got to use Willie. Y'all know, what's your name? Willie. I got to use Brother Willie. He was telling us he was cooking his wife a good dinner. He was cooking us steak and baked potato. And he said, I'm cooking my wife a good dinner. And she over there in the uh, room and she's studying and she hollering, Willie, you got that steak ready? So Willie told my husband, he's talking about, She's trying to be like a possum, ain't she? He said, no, because a possum don't bother me when she in the word. <laughs> I'm picking on Willie. When I'm in my word, you do what you want to do. Don't bother me. When my children come in the house, they walk through the door, and they know where I am. Hey, mom. Hey, keep it moving. You know why? Because I know what I need to live. And I want to stay in it as long as I can. This is why I'm telling you, do not take the word for granted. You have a Bible. It's some people that have to hide just to get the word. You don't have to hide. God has given you a place to come into to get the word, to get yourself where you need to be, to keep you in that place where God needs for you to be in. Don't neglect where God have you. Every opportunity that the doors are open, you should be coming through those doors because you're saying, God, I need to be energized. I need to be quickened. I need to be made alive. God, even the word that I have put in, I don't care if I hear it again. God, I need your word. You got people running from the word instead of running to the word. They run into other things. They take Sunday or take Saturday. If you choose to worship on Saturday, that's you. But why are people taking these days and going other places but won't tap into what God is doing? They don't think they need it until something happened. You are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And then in Philippians, it tells you, finally, my brethren, think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is uh, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think. That's how your thinking is supposed to be. Your thinking is supposed to be focused so much on the word of God that no matter what comes, It don't take you from where you are. 
He said these sayings, when you hear these sayings and you do these sayings, you're like a house built on a rock. That when the storms come, didn't he say the storms were going to come? Did he tell you that they wasn't going to come? He said, but when the storms come, you're going to be still on that rock. You may sway a little, but you're still going to be on that rock. But if you build your house on sinking sand, guess what? When the winds blow, it's going to be torn down. That's why you got to hear his sayings, not even hear them, but you got to be able to do them. Remember, you are a spiritual being. You were created in his image. Everything you need is in your spirit. Everywhere you go, you don't have to do without because you're carrying everything you need. You got resurrection power to call those things that be not as though they were. This is why God told, um, who was it? Moses. Moses, Pharaoh was coming. People afraid because they saw Pharaoh and fear begin to come in them. They come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. They still had Pharaoh in their thoughts. So immediately Moses began to turn to God and God said, Moses, why are you talking to me? He said, you got to speak. Speak to those children. Speak to those Israelites. What do you have in your hand? This is what God is telling you. Why are you saying something to me about the problem? I've given you authority. I've given you power. You speak to that mountain. You know what we do, though? He said, speak to the mountain. We get up and say, Lord, I thank you that the mountain is moved. He said, ain't moved because you ain't spoke to it. You thanking me that it's moved, but you ain't spoke to it. Now speak to it, then thank me. Lord, I thank you. I ain't sick no more, thank you. He said, did you speak to what's going on? No, I ain't spoke to it. Well, you're still like you were. Y'all better understand what the word is saying. Because if you don't understand what the word is saying, you're still still in that fix. And once you speak to it, you go on because you know in the unseen, it's already taken care of. You don't have to sit there and wait on it to get taken care of. It's already taken care of. And I'm going about my father's business because my daddy always take care of me. He is the great physician. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the, our provider. He sees beyond what I need. He know what I need before I need it. So why am I worried about my need? Because he even say, take no thought. What you shall eat what you shall drink or even how you shall be clothed he said that's the way the gentiles think y'all gentiles are unbelievers he said your heavenly father know what you in the need of before you ask and then that patrick renewed his mind to that he had gone on about his business and the need been met let's say you come home and patrick is just so happy he's just giving god glory and just thanking god and all of a sudden shauna said what you so happy about these lights getting ready to get turned out and you, you, you so happy. What you smiling about? This is why we got to be on one accord. Have the same mind speaking the same thing. Then Patrick began to minister from the spirit. He said, baby, them lights ain't getting turned out. I, I, I know what they say, but them lights ain't getting turned out because I know my father. My father knew I had that need before that need came. So my lights are not getting turned out. Because God has given me favor. Favor surrounds me like a shield. God has touched people's hearts even on my behalf. So I'm just giving God glory on what's already done. Because I done spoke to that mountain. That mountain is already done. Move. 
So guess what God going to do concerning his wife? The day the light's supposed to be turned out, Shonda come home late night, flick on the lights, and there it is. Pastor, you paid that light bill? No, baby, I didn't pay it. But God sent somebody who did. Come on now. And that's when she began to connect with the God he served. Because he stood on what God said. God just said, go in peace. Already done. You know what some people say? Go ahead and try that if you want. Your light's going to be turned out. (laughs) That's walking in not having faith. Come on. Come on. We have the faith of God. And we operate according to what God says. Now, let me give y'all this, and I am going to close. Talking about faith. Remember I said Patrick said he already taken care of it. He was seeing in the supernatural, dealing with the lights. I was sitting there going over our bank account yesterday, making sure everything was right and in order. And I looked, and I saw two deposits. I represented one. I, I knew about one, but there was another there. I said, Praise Jesus. I accept that right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody done put that in my account. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. So I ain't say nothing to my husband. <laughs> Didn't say nothing. So I went on giving God glory. I was just happy. The money's in the account. Then in my mind, I'm taking thought. Now, who stay in Clinton and put money in my account? I don't care who it is. Thank you, Jesus. I ain't worried about it. It was in my account. So I'm just sitting there. So my husband come to me. He said, hey. You received any money in our account? I said, yes, I did. He said, well, that was money somebody put in there for when I cut that grass. I said, that money done gone. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That money gone. Should have told me a long time ago. (laughs) You didn't need it, did you? (laughs) God is good. I said, nothing missing, (laughs) nothing broken. He gave me some extra, (laughs) extra, extra, read all about it. God is so good, y'all. See, I I, I had to share that with y'all to let you know, sometimes you better ask somebody before you go get that false testimony. (laughs) Then you be looking like a fool. But anyway, God is just so good. So you can control your thoughts. Don't let your thoughts go. That's why you have to be in the word of God so when thoughts come, you will know if they're of God or not. And if they're not God thoughts, then you got to cast them down immediately. You don't leave them there because those thoughts will begin to create things that you see and how you feel. And I know I'm telling the truth because I know where I was. And I know how my body reacted to what I heard or what I saw. Or, and it made me feel a different way. And the enemy know when he gets you at your weakest point, he got you and he can feed you anything. He's phone feeding you when that root take place. If he tells you something and you don't get rid of it, he's going to keep adding to it. And then you already formed your opinion. You already got mad at somebody. You already said, this is going to happen. This is just how it is. And this is what it is. Amen. So you can't control your thoughts. Thank you, guys. Amen. So let's control our thoughts. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Y'all don't take these teachings lightly. Because we're living in a time now that we need the word. For real, y'all. Things are changing. We need the word. And, and the Lord is revealing the things that's happening around us. And if you don't accept, if you don't get into your word, you will accept 
what's going on around you and thinking that you have to accept it. I'm remind you of this. I mentioned it in Bible study. The Lord showed me a dream. In the dream, there was a woman sitting beside the road. And this woman's eyes looked like cat eyes. And I was in the background. The woman knew I was there, but the man didn't know I was there. The man was out in front with a cell phone in front of his face. And the woman, I can hear her without even saying anything. She said, I can get that man. And I'm hearing her. She's not even saying nothing to the man. She said, I can have that man. And when I was looking at the woman, her eyes were so seductive. And the man was like this. And the man was acting like he was not looking, but he was looking at the woman. Next thing I know, the Lord showed me the force of that seductive spirit. That spirit was so forceful, when that woman pounced on the man, I felt the weight from it. And it was such a um, heavy weight that I felt from that woman pouncing on that man that it brought fear to me. And I said, the devil is a lie. And immediately in the dream, it was like the, man, the woman already had the man, and the man said, I'm sorry, but it was too late. Their family was messed up. What am I saying? It is a seductive spirit upon the land that's coming in on marriages. Men, God is giving you this warning, not only for men, but for women. And you think that you're in a place that you need to be, but that seductive spirit was so strong, she said, only thing I have to do is look at them. God gave me Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. Go back and read it. A woman is so seductive with her eyes, with how she dress, with what she say, that she can get a man just that quick and take him out of his place. Come on, I know I'm speaking right. Because a woman can tell a man exactly what that man want to hear and that man keep going back for more. A woman can look at a man in a certain way with that seductive look that she already got the man and she knows she have the man. Women wear certain things to be seductive. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. God gave me this too. Every woman that looks seductive don't mean they're a prostitute. We go back to Genesis 38. When, y'all remember um, the woman that um, the husband died and the father told her that she can have one of the sons. Okay, he never gave her one of the sons. So she dressed up like a harlot. And when she dressed up like a harlot, the father saw her and he thought, he took a thought that this woman was a harlot, a prostitute, and he slept with her. And that's how the woman got seed. That's how she um, got part of that family. What am I saying? Every woman that you see looking like a prostitute don't have to be one. So don't take a thought and put that out there saying she is a prostitute because that's what the enemy wants. So you got to hear what the spirit has to say. Amen. So women, what I'm telling you is if you are a married woman, you shouldn't be trying to get stuff that make you look seductive, to make you look vulnerable, to make you look like the world. You should be dressing like a godly woman, like a godly wife. You shouldn't be trying to do like the world is doing to draw attention to yourself. If you getting stuff that's seductive, you need to check yourself. Because you don't need to come out the house like that being married. And if you're single, single women do it to get a look. Some married women do it to see if they still got it. Y'all, it's out there. People want to be noticed, hear me, see me, and be attached to me. And I'm going to tell you something. The things that need to be taught in church is not being taught in church because they don't want to go that deep. You got to go that deep to get to the root to let people know why you still lustful. 
Why are you still talking and acting like you talking? It's because there's a root to what you're doing and the root need to be exposed so you can get over you. Amen. Praise Jesus. Do we have any announcements at this time? Can we come up, come up with the announcements? Amen. Amen.